Good morning, I'm Allison Michaels from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 22nd. In today's news, top Senate Republicans push to delay Trump's impeachment trial. And Biden signs an order requiring masks on planes, buses, trains, and at airports. But first, the big idea. President Biden is seeking a five-year extension with Russia on the only treaty left that limits the world's two largest nuclear arsenals. And he's seeking that extension just days before it expires. At the same time, his administration is preparing to impose new costs on Russia. That's pending a newly requested intelligence assessment of Russia's recent activities. The Post's John Hudson reports that Biden is ruling out a reset in bilateral relations with Moscow. Many U.S. presidents have taken this reset approach since the end of the Cold War. Biden's decision to seek a five-year treaty extension reflects the rapidly approaching deadline of February 5th for Washington to renew this New START Pact, as it's called. President Donald Trump tried to conclude a shorter extension with Moscow in the final months of his presidency, but he failed to reach an agreement. That failure came after Trump's nuclear envoy spent months trying to persuade China to join the accord before eventually dropping that demand. Here's why this treaty is important. Letting the treaty expire would allow Moscow and Washington to deploy an unlimited number of nuclear-armed submarines, bombers, and missiles in what many experts fear could spark a nuclear arms race. It could also further exacerbate U.S.-Russia relations. As the Biden administration informs Moscow of its terms for an extension, the president will order Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines to provide him a full intelligence assessment of Russia's alleged interference in the 2020 election, of Russia's use of chemical weapons against an opposition leader, and of bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Biden is also asking Haynes for an assessment of the massive cyber attack on federal agencies and departments related to the SolarWinds software breach. Many analysts and government officials have blamed that on Russia. The request for the intelligence assessments will go out this week. Biden's plans for potential punitive actions toward Russia at the outset of the administration is unique among his recent predecessors, all of whom attempted to turn a new page with the Kremlin in hopes of encouraging a more productive relationship. Now, Biden's skeptical posture follows four years of growing animus toward the Kremlin within the Democratic Party for its interference in the 2016 election. Trump came into office seeking a rapprochement with Russia, but opposition from his party and congressional Democrats stymied that effort. Biden's nominee for Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, told lawmakers Tuesday that sanctions passed by Congress to target Moscow will be, quote, extremely helpful in being able to impose costs and consequences on the country. U.S. officials said they hoped a quick renewal of the New START treaty could provide a foundation for new arms control arrangements, potentially including China this time. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, Senate Republicans on Thursday pushed to delay the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump for at least three weeks. That's because Trump is struggling to recruit a legal team and assemble a defense against the accusation that he incited the deadly January 6th invasion of the Capitol. My colleagues Mike DeBonis and Sungmin Kim report that Minority Leader Mitch McConnell floated postponing the start of the trial until mid-February, telling colleagues that Trump deserved more time to prepare his case and file briefs with the Senate. A conviction in that Senate trial could bar Trump from holding public office in the future. 
The proposal came as a key Trump ally, Senator Lindsey Graham, disclosed that the former president had secured a lead defense counsel for the trial. His team will be led by Butch Bowers, a Columbia, South Carolina attorney known for his prominent role in litigating political and election matters for North and South Carolina Republicans. Graham described Bowers as the anchor tenant of a team that would come together in the coming days. He said a short delay is warranted given the rapid-fire process in the House, which impeached Trump one week after the Capitol riot. Senate Democrats did not respond immediately to McConnell's proposal, and there are reasons to believe Democrats would be amenable to a delay given the need for the Senate to process Biden's cabinet nominations. As of Thursday, only one Biden nominee had been confirmed, though the leaders of the Departments of Defense, State, and Treasury appeared poised for approval in the coming days. On the other hand, McConnell and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer remained at loggerheads over how the 50-50 Senate will operate. That's contributed to uncertainty over the confirmation of Biden's nominees. A Schumer spokesman said McConnell's proposed pretrial schedule, which would allow for a trial to begin February 15th, is under review. In any case, the single impeachment article for incitement of insurrection has yet to make its way across the Capitol from the House. Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Thursday continued to be coy about when the impeachment resolution would be sent over to the Senate and prompt the start of a trial. One thing lawmakers of both parties appear to agree on is that Trump's second impeachment trial need not approach the 21-day length of his first trial. Graham said many Republican senators would be deciding whether it's constitutional to try an ex-president on impeachment charges at all. If all 50 Democrats do vote to convict Trump, at least 17 Republicans would have to join them to secure a conviction and set up a simple majority vote on whether to bar Trump from future office. Number two. Biden signed an order Thursday mandating mask usage in airports and on many planes, trains, ships, and intercity buses. The Post's Michael Laris and William Wan report that the moves are part of a new strategy released Thursday to confront the coronavirus pandemic that's killed more than 405,000 people in the United States. Airline workers have described the dangerous results of passengers refusing to follow mask requirements issued by airlines. Safety reports filed with the federal government show flight attendants being repeatedly taunted and verbally abused by passengers, including some who call the virus a political hoax. Biden's actions come on the heels of an earlier order on Wednesday, the first he issued as president requiring masks on federal property. Together, the orders come as close to a national mask mandate as his federal powers allow, because only states and municipalities can require residents to wear masks at a local level. The Trump administration had rejected calls from Congress, from unions representing transportation workers, and from public health experts within the CDC to require masks. Biden's move marks a clear break from Trump's handling of masks, although some specifics, including how it might be enforced, remain unclear pending the release of the order. What we do know is that it will require masks on certain public modes of transportation and at ports of entry to the United States. And one more thing before I let you go. This is an intense moment in American history. In times like these, I am so grateful for my colleagues here at The Washington Post. Our reporters work around the clock to uncover the stories that are shaping our lives and to bring context to the historic moments happening around us. Their reporting is what drives this podcast, and truly, it would not be possible without subscriber support. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support the reporting that goes into it, the best way to do so is through a subscription to The Washington Post. A subscription gets you unlimited access to everything we publish, from breaking news to baking tips. 
for a limited time, listeners can get two years of access for just $59. That's less than $1 a week. Learn more and subscribe at WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. That's WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I hope you'll consider it. And thank you. And that's it for The Daily 202 for January 22nd. I'm Allison Michaels. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.